Blog Talk Radio. I fight myself. All power to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. It's your brother, Yang Nkrumah, national chairman of the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Glad to be joining you again, coming to you again on another Thursday. Um, as usual, as coming on with usual, got our co- got our other host. I only want to say co-host. Got our other host, Sister Seven. Sister Seven, peace. Yes, peace. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And good, great. And listening audience, I am traveling, so you know we're gonna pray that there's not a lot of te- technical difficulties. But I may come in and out. But I'm more than confident that our sister Seven can handle wherever we may um, fall off. Interesting travel. This was the weekend that we went and we laid a comrade to rest. She will be missed greatly. I mean, she will be missed greatly. It was a very integral part of the party, of actually founding the party, inspiring and motivating us, the Central Committee, and other members of the party to do what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, to stay on the path, and that's Sister Toilene Justice Washington, Minister of Justice um, for the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, coming out of the new Black Panther Party through the various formations, various leaders, man. And it was just really a privilege and a pleasure to have known her in this life and to know that um, now, you know, even in all the sadness that comes with it, that we have an echo, an ancestor that has crossed over to aid and assist us in our fight for liberation, our struggle for empowerment and advancement of African people in America. So um, I just want to say that, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, Seven, and I didn't know how, how you wanted to bring it in. I think you had some words, but <laughs> am I bringing yeah. it in? You are bringing it in. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's all right. You know, I just wanted to, you know, woman to woman, you know, recognize all the work that she's done. So I'm up here doing all this research, and the resume hits the floor, you know, just in her personal efforts of education. And she was a woman. She was a clergy, you know. um, 
and she had been working with the Panthers since 2002. That is a long time. And I'm sure that was just the official starting to work with. I'm sure she was working in her community before that. Um, and she had one of the programs that I absolutely loved, saw all the pictures, and that was the um, Teaching the Youth Program, Liberating Young Minds. You know, she stayed yeah. active in her community. She stayed active with the Central Committee. Um, she really, you know, she was able to juggle a lot of different hats in, in the movement. That You have to be able to juggle the hats. You know, we don't have, we're not set up for one person to do one thing, and that's all they have to do. We really have to wear most um, hats. And um, she was always big for women getting the recogni- recognition in the movement that they're supposed to have as well. And so I just wanted to, you know, take that time and shout her out and also let people know, look, she's one of the founding members of this formation. And so that's a very big deal. So much respect to her. May she rest in peace, as I know she's going to be over there working hard like she was over here working hard. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure to to give her that moment and, you know, to let all the listeners know that we have people that are ancestors. Not all of them died in, in, in 1970. You know, not all of them were then. We have people right here, right now. Sometimes we have to stop and smell the roses where we are. And, um, you know, we have to recognize the soldiers that we have right now. And, you know, because we're big calling on the big names of uh, the Civil Rights Movement, Black Panther Movement, all, all of that. We can do that all night long. But if we never stop and recognize the people that are in the trenches now doing the work, I think we do ourselves a disservice. So I just wanted to take a moment to make sure that those words were spoken. And, and you know, I, I've had a conversation or two with her. She was um, very direct. <laughs> she was very direct and uh, gave me lots of good instruction as to what she wanted me to do and what she didn't want me to do. And um, I just wanted to know if you wanted to add anything for the people that, you know, so we can recognize and uplift that energy. Um. And- and I think that was a a wonderful, um, you know, a good a good tribute. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I think that was a wonderful. I think that was a wonderful tribute. Um, man, I, I can't add more than that. How she stressed education and furthered her education. The Liberate Young Minds program out of um, New Jersey. She was very dedicated to the children. That was a passion she had. And you know, I could go on and on. I think that the funeral was good. I'm, I'm riding with my brother Shaka Shakur. Coming back, we rolled back. Who played? Man, he, I mean, he did a fantastic job of orchestrating, having some words to say. Um, so, I mean, awesome! That's super fantastic. And then um, I know that information is going to be posted up to you know, just so we can just share the love and everything else like that. Absolutely. So I appreciate it, you know. And anybody that wanted to call in and share, I, don't let me get ahead of myself. But, no, you know. no, absolutely. That's absolutely right. Listen, throughout the show, throughout the show, I mean, yeah. that's not going to be the only topic, but if you just have a, you know, this show is uh, about the domestication of black advocates in America slash yes. a yes. tribute and commemorating a, you know, a great comrade and a great soldier. So, you know, throughout the show, if you have something that you want to say, contribute about um, Minister Justice, please feel free, press one, we'll recognize you. I wanted to talk about the domestication 
mm-hmm. of the black African in America, and that came up, and I think you know why that came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Seven, yeah, man, <laughs> man. When Chief War laid that thing down, I think you and I, our jaws basically hit the floor. Yes. But I want to yeah. talk about this domestication because it's serious. And, and, and one of the ways is not just the crime that had taken place uh, that domesticated us, but how it affected us or how it affects us in this day and time and how much of it should be thrown away or how much of it can we throw away and get rid of without actually getting rid of a subculture or a, another culture of the new African here in America. You know, which is which is which is a serious thing. Like, I think it was um, Chief Sanjay and I were talking about one time, and he was saying we were talking about education, and he was talking about how children in the schools weren't learning because it wasn't a part of their African culture. It wasn't a part of who they were as African. We didn't do it that way in Africa, and so they couldn't get it. I understood where he was going, but my question was, and it wasn't to be sarcastic. I wasn't trying to be cynical, a smart ass, or any of those things. But it was, I was sincerely like, uh, brother, we have been over here so long. You know what I'm saying? We've been over here so long that um, how much of it, when you say that that's not a part of African culture, that's not our part, part of our culture as being African people, how much of it is it? How much of it? of this domestication has seeped in and been a part of us so long that it has just become a part of our culture that we've accepted, adapted, maybe even modified to fit us as an African people here in America. You know, so that was the question. What's your take on the whole domestication thing? Uh, well, when I first heard it, it, it kind of made me gasp for a second. Um, we were the radio program last week. Uh, it was, one of the things that were uh, that was brought up as a challenge was how we have become domesticated. And I looked around and I was like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does domesticated even mean to a person? Because every time I hear about it, you know, I think about animals and how they've gone from wild to tame. But they're so tamed now that without proper guidance, you know, they don't know what to do. And I'm like, have we gotten to the point where we as a people, if, if the government isn't telling us what to do, do we really not have a clue as to what to do? And it surprised me, and I, I, it didn't sit well with me because I was like, I don't want to be domesticated. I don't want to be programmed by someone else to follow simple orders and instructions. I don't want that. I want the, I want to be able to use my brain. I want to be able to have my own agenda, I want to, you know, so that whole idea of being domesticated, it did not sit well with me, and um, it didn't sit well with me, and it didn't sit well with what I want for my children. You know, everything that I do, I kind of look at twofold, does this benefit me, does this benefit my children? And I didn't see any benefit in us being this reliant on the government, you know, how did we get here? And so um, it. I'm so glad that we're having the opportunity to rethink this and to, you know, let, let's go ahead and, and have some more questions, more dialogue on it so that we understand truly what it means to be domesticated and, um, and what it takes to undomesticate us. 
what it takes to change that? Brother, you there? Okay. So I don't know if he's going to. Hello? You say what? Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to. I'm doing. <laughs> I told you we was gonna be doing running through these mountains, That's so I'm you know. So I, I missed some. I missed some of it. Okay, you know I just was talking about how do we undo this? How do we undo this domestication? You know, one thing that um, Chief War said last week, and I started doing my own math. You know, anytime somebody says something, I'm always writing it down because I always want to be able to go back and research and either prove them right or prove them wrong. I want to be able to do that. And he was like, he was explaining how much uh, negativity we put into ourselves, how much of someone else's programming we put into ourselves. Like this particular show, this is two hours of positive information, of educational information, um, of progressive information. This is what this two hours is for. But this is only once a week. You know, and and then how much time are we spending listening to negative music? How much time are we spending in negative conversations with others? You know, um, you know, how much time are we spending uh, not with little cat and dog videos on Facebook, but stalking of people and doing all the other negative stuff we do on Facebook? You know, how much time are we putting into really creating a progressive person? versus how much time are we putting in in creating this domesticated person? How much are we following their programming? And what constitutes the programming that they have? Yeah, yeah. That's a good that, – that, that, all of those are excellent questions. Let's go to – I think our, our, our phone lines are lighting up. Okay. Let's get that in. Area code 404-9086. You're on, your mic is open. Black Power. Black Power, what's going on, Hakeem? Chairman? Uh, how you doing, man? How you doing, man? Hey, this topic, man, hey, it made me sweat. It made me sweat. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why, because, you know, when I think about uh, domestication, uh, first of all, I want to say rest in power to the Minister of Justice, our comrade, our sister. You know what That's I'm right. saying? To those of us who, who knew her, you know what I'm saying, know the passion. You know what I'm saying? And I got to say, she she is one of the main reasons that I am as deeply involved as I am today. You know what I'm saying? Because she ain't, she ain't hearing it. She ain't hearing it. Hey, just look, this what's going on. Don't miss it. Hey, you got to be in tune. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That's right. That's <laughs> you know. right. You're right. So, uh, she is uh, on it like that. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, you know. It hit me. You know what I'm saying? You know how it's stunning. You know what I mean? But, you know, uh, she's still with us. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, you know, we got to do what's right and continue to uh, to fight. You know what I mean? But uh, back to what I was saying, uh, domestication, man, you know, me being behind enemy lines, all I can do is think about these brothers. You know what I'm saying? And I say these brothers like I'm not here myself. You know what I'm saying? But I just think about these brothers in domestication, you know, you you will have a brother here come in, he wow. You gotta look at it like he untamed. He's wow. You know what I'm saying? And as these brothers continue to do time in the system, beat on them and wear them down mentally, physically, mm-hmm. spiritually, 
every single way that it can attack you, it's going to attack you. And it's going to change you, and it's going to weather you like a rock. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, when I think about domestication, you know, I, I, I just think about, uh, you know, you can actually, you have to use it as momentum. They put so much force on you, and they and they try to put so much of this energy on you. You have got to, to redirect it. You got to redirect it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to use this, for instance, the word institutionalized. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They like to say, they like to use the word institutionalized. And what it, and what it means really is like, I'm a, how other people use it, they use it as a joke. Oh, you institutionalized. I'm going to tell you how they say it. You always ready. When the people come, you always on point. Your shirt tucked in, you institutionalized. Your haircut, you institutionalized. But and I and I was thinking the other day, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm always ready. I'm never in trouble. You know what I'm saying? They can't never say nothing to me. I'm helping people out. I'm always on point. Maybe institutionalized is 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 not a bad thing because I I didn't redirect the oppression. I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't redirect my circumstances. I done redirected uh-huh. the energy that they trying to force on me, and I and and I done built on top of it. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what y'all want from me, and, and I and I know what you mean to do with it. And but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna use it as fuel. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna use it. It's like coal, and the fire ain't gonna never go out. You see what I'm saying? So when when we when we think about domestication. In the things that they're trying to do to us, we got to figure out how can we redirect this energy. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. We got to figure out how is it that we can get on top of what's going on. That's just like when if somebody's trying to throw you down, they're vulnerable because their momentum going down, and all you got to do is, is make a flip, you on top, and it's no different. Physics ain't going to lie to you. Mathematics ain't going to lie to you. It's the same thing. We got to break down. Every problem that the black man is having collectively, and I and I hate that that that, that the segment was down while Kwanzaa was on because that's my thing. You know what I'm saying? I probably would have took thirty, forty five minutes. That's my thing. But we got to see what it is the collective problems that the black man is having in America. We got to think about what the what the what the economy, the collective economy problem. And we got to think about all these things that we are having as a whole, and that's the things that we got to solve. You see what I'm saying? You got to break it down. Well, how can we that's how right. can we tweak this? How can we tweak this within the same regimen without changing the problem, without bringing more variables in? We got to figure out how is it that we can fix it without being delusional. Mm-hmm. You know, because, one thing you know, you, you got said... brothers, they not coming out. And they still got to fix what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that you said that it just it touched me when you said it is that a lot of times we, African Americans or black Africans, we will continue that same negative behavior. Like you said, they'll, they'll dog you and tease you about being ready. You know, what's that to tease about? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to. I'm trying to make sure I don't have to deal with this person no more than what I have to. So why would that be considered a negative thing, you know? So, you know, we have to look at ourselves and, and start to see, okay, how much of this 
institutionalizing, how much of this domesticating process am I participating in? Because that's participating in the problem, you know, and if you're not for the solution, then you're for the problem, and we can't have that. So absolutely, it's, it's serious, and, it, you know, it's amazing that you know, a lot of times we will add into the programming. We, are, we participate in our own programming. Absolutely, absolutely, and, 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 and you know, and, and, um, and you know, prison. In prison, you have every type of every type of person, and with it being mm-hmm. so populated with black people, you know what I'm saying, and with them nowhere to go, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Every everything is like uh, exponential. Everything because the world is smaller, so every problem is larger. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's different because if you got a brother hungry behind enemy lines, you're not finna you're not finna close your you can't you really can't close your door on him because you can't go That's right. You got a brother, yeah. he having problems, he having problems, you know what I'm saying? All 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 of my homies, everybody know I got I got big issues with the police. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's not and it's not like I don't know no better. It's more like uncontrolled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So one thing, so one thing that they contribute, if they see me into it with the police, they gonna come get me. They not gonna be like, yeah, we ride with them and it's going down. No, they gonna be like, hold on, uh, hold on, why you gone? Well, hold on, we got them, we got them, because yes, because it's a time and a place for everything. And a lot of times, I, this is one thing I say: if you jump the gun, there'll never be a revolution. Because if you jump the gun, you lose the race. You disqualify. So we can't react off of emotion. We got to react off of training. We got to react off Absolutely. of Absolutely. And that's anything. So you, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of the domestication you think it came from. Listen, I just clicked my main man in, Uncle Cat from yeah, the Hollywood Rock Squad. I do. I yeah. think a lot of it is self-inflicted. I do. At this point. You know, at some point, you know, when we on the buses and we, I mean, when we, when we, when we on the buses and we chained up and we getting our hair shaved, we having to take showers with men. No, you ain't having no choices then. But everything after that, and that could be in the sense of when you on a slave boat and y'all chained together, that could be taken the same way. No, it's not self-inflicted then. But then when you get back with your people, you having a chance to rally, you having a chance to build. I think a lot of domestication is self-inflicted. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, to a degree, I would agree to a degree. A lot to of de- it, but what else you gonna do if to you don't degree. have a, if, if you degree. don't have an alternative? How do you fight if you don't have alternative? Listen, bringing into this conversation, man. Somebody I think is perfect for this conversation. My brothers worked with him a long time. Oscar Cap from the Amin Ra Squad. I'm glad he's taking out a little bit from his um from his schedule, man, to come on and join join us. Ah, what's up, man? What's good, family? What's Black up, African man? What's power, up, man? How, how? Black African power, brother. Black so we, power, we, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if y'all not familiar with Unc, man, check him out on YouTube, man. You know, I don't want to blow my brother's head up, but you know the brothers. Are you crazy? You know, I'm sure. Uh, Many of y'all out here um, listening have heard of him. Uh, in the, uh, the scholarship that he brings to really our struggle as a people and going back and defending the uh, necessity for us having a black African understanding. Uh, we're talking about the domestication of the black African here in America, brother. And okay. so, how we came about, how it affects us, and some of the things we can do 
to come up to come from up out of this, and how much of it really, um, like 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 nephew was saying, like Hakeem was saying, you know, some of it is self-inflicted, but how much of this domestication has just become a part of the new African way? All right, so all right, so um, we we always attack issues. First of all, how how the family doing, man? Let me speak to all the brothers and sisters on the line. How y'all doing? Oh, we wow. good. Great. Glad to be here. All right. Okay. So so what we're going to do is let's just attack it uh, through science because we can measure it like that. So we just don't want to say something and can't measure it. Mm-hmm. And so um, so how, how many of us on the line agree uh, with evolution? Y'all think it's a real premise? Think it's a real theory? Uh, you think it's possible? Do we, are we on one accord with that or what? Evolution of the mind? No evolution, biological and human evolution. Uh, gorillas, extent, monkeys, I, I, apes. I do. Gorilla, monkeys, apes, all that. Um, nah, I ain't. I, ain't I, I'm, I'm, I don't know enough about it. Okay, so let's. All right. So we we know that evolution actually occurs in nature. It's a natural phenomenon. All right, and they've been it's been tested for over two hundred years. Um. I don't need to get into the history of it like that. But what I will tell you is um, the reason I mention it is because nature, through nature, you have something called natural selection. But human beings do this process called artificial selection. So, uh, like, genetically modifying foods is called artificial selection. So, like, um, you got uh, turnip greens. You got mustard plants. From the mustard plants, you get turnip greens, cauliflower things of that, all right? So humans actually selected traits that were more favorable, right? And so since y'all talking about domestication, that shit's real because we was artificially selected through selective breeding in America. Uh, there's a couple good books on it um, that actually show that when, 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 when kidnapping Africans were illegal, then what they started doing, they started breeding them in the Americas. The same way you breed dogs. We know that all dogs come from a common ancestor called the wolf, the, gray, the white wolf. No, my fault, the gray wolf. And from the gray wolf, all domesticated dogs that you see today, right, were actually done by the hands of human beings. So, so human beings selected what traits were more favorable. So you know wolf is a mighty hunter. But some wolves were a little more tamer and quiet in the wild. And so what the humans did was they took the wolf that wasn't as aggressive Right? They took them and bred them with other less aggressive wolves. So the wolves started to recognize that, you know, okay, if I be less aggressive and chill a little bit and don't bite these fucking humans, I can get fed more. And so what they did was they took all the least aggressive wolves and they breed them together. And they bred them to get a less aggressive wolf. So that's the same thing they did to us. They took the, the, they took the big workers, right, the big Africans, strong Africans, and they took the less aggressive ones, and they bred them. And so they actually bred, you know, the more docile Africans. They bred them, and they domesticated them. So we physically have been domesticated. So it's real. That's not our fault. You know what I'm saying? The way we choose and pick our mates, right, they implemented this system in the antebellum south. And so as you understand evolution, system selection, and natural selection, Thus, you can start to figure out what our real problem is. We have been artificially selected to act this goddamn way. We absolutely have been domesticated. 
You look at the science of it. So they actually bred thousands and thousands of Africans in North America to act the way we fucking act. And so really, y'all, y'all breaking away from that. Y'all breaking away from that domestication, even having this conversation. You feel me? So if you was real aggressive during those particular times, your ass wasn't getting no pussy. Remember they had the book, and they made it, and they made them. They made them with certain females. All right? So they they didn't didn't allow the aggressive Africans to get no damn pussy. You had to go sneak that shit somewhere. So if you ever wonder, why the fuck do niggas act like that? They act that way because we have been artificially selected by humans who ain't never gave a fuck about us. That's real science right there. And I just wanted to add that to the conversation. Right. So let me ask you this then. So are you saying that being domesticated or whatever is just mm-hmm. in the blood like ain't no way around it? It's, it's, we're bred it. That's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's all in us? Yeah. Yeah, we got to bread it up out of it. Get rid of the bitch-ass niggas. Stop fucking with the bitch-ass The women need to stop giving the bitch-ass niggas pussy. Yeah, man, you got to deal with the real motherfuckers in church. Yeah, stop dealing with the limited-ass niggas. Power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you sisters out there around. listening, y'all stop giving these bitch ass yeah. niggas some booty. The early the brother yeah. said we gotta stop breed it up out of us. <laughs> yeah, you gotta breed it up out you, yo. And I'm telling you this, yo, that's why we need to have our own system of pick and mate. Remember we had that in Africa where the mothers and fathers would, would choose who you was fucking with. Yeah. So we don't got that no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now the sisters pick a nigga because he got pretty hair or he, he got his oh. nails done the right way and all that old bullshit. Oh. You know, pick a real nigga. Pick somebody that's serious, that's intelligent, that's smart. You know what I'm saying? That's on some real shit that's going to help take care of your baby. That's what the women got to start doing. Because niggas do everything they do for women anyway. It's part of the natural process. It's simple as that. The only reason we're here is to reproduce. But we've been reproducing slaves and not even knowing it, bro. So we psychologically, physically, and mental slaves all day, every day. Wow. You feel me? And this conversation wow. right here shows that we're breaking away from that. So you wonder why we act the way we act. We act the way we act because the same way they domesticated dogs and cats and pigs and cows, they have domesticated your eggs. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always advocate scientific literacy. Because in understanding science, being scientifically literate, you can actually tell what the hell they happened to you. You can actually tell what they did to you. But I get a lot of motherfucking flack in the community because we be straight on that science shit. And ain't no such thing as white people's science because we, we're the authors of goddamn science. Until we get back into understanding the, the, the true African and what he really did and, and, and didn't respect your African-Americanness, you know what I'm saying? Because we didn't been through all this shit to the point where I can come on the show and I can actually tell you what happened to us. And then everybody listening can go back and check my facts and say, well, okay, where, where, where does all canines come from? Okay, they really do come from the, the, the gray work. Okay, why is, it, why, why is your, your dog in your house right now nothing but a variation of a goddamn gray work? How did that happen? Okay, so if humans can do it, nature does it automatically. Okay, wow, that's fucking interesting. Now we know what happened to us, and now we can solve the fucking problem. And it ain't even complicated. Start picking real motherfuckers to fuck with. You know what I'm saying? Right, but it, it, ain't it, it ain't hard. 
Exactly. Listen, let me bring in this other call. I believe this is 314. I believe this is Chief, if I'm not mistaken. 314-4644. What's going on? What's going on? This Pianchi. Oh, what's going on? What's going on, brother? What's good, man? How you feeling, Pianchi? You know, what you're saying is absolutely true. Any male came to date my daughters, I'd done background checks on my daughter okay. wanted to marry two people before the third one. I said, it's okay to marry him. If you let your child marry somebody without doing thorough background checks on the family and that stuff, well, it's just about letting uh, send a bag of money out on the street. My grandson, the same way, he's double major in engineering business. He's a hot baseball prospect. I told him not only not to be messing with no white woman, but some of these black women you don't want to be messing yeah. with either. Until yeah. you check their family out. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Well, That's a fact, bro. Right. I, I do the same thing with mine. I, I have to I have to be very honest about that. You know, um, I am looking for a certain result out of my children. I feel like they have been an investment of time, energy, and money. And so I'm not going to just let anybody hold my investment, especially if I see that no one has invested into you. So I am also very particular, and not even just about the whole mating process. I'm just talking association, you know, because I don't need my investment um, just being anywhere and and, and anybody and everything else like that. So I think 100% uh, we have to start looking at ourselves, taking ourselves a little bit more seriously and being intentional. You're talking about breeding from generations and, you know, hundreds of years of breeding. Intentional breeding. We got to start getting intentional for what we're going to do for the solution to this. You know, I want to. Here's where I want to jump in because I, I love what Anka Cat was saying. But here's why I had a question about when he was saying that you know the mm-hmm. sisters have to start choosing real brothers. Real brothers better start choosing right. real women. Right. What is the definition of definition of real? How do you you know we've been so domesticated and we've been so mm-hmm. you know uh, amoglamized or what's, what's the word I'm looking for and. It's, homogenized and assimilated, you know, that isn't mm-hmm. our standards of real Eurocentric? Nah, our standards ain't that. Our standards is, we, we I mean, you, I, I mean, anybody grew up. But they call, like you said, the old priest, right? isn't real a Brooke Brothers suit, the new Mercedes 500 It's kind of like what that lady isn't said. real to a lot of Let me, can I say something? Yeah. I hate to say this, I hate to say it like this, but a black American could not go to Ghana and become a Ose Tutu, a Oma Ashanti Henny, because you are not of that bloodline. Rawlins, Jerry Rawlins was the president of Ghana. His father was Scottish. His mother was Ghanaian. He could not become a paramount chief because they do not allow that. I tell you something else. You look back at the ancient Egypt, the heads of those dynasties was was a family. They was highly etros, ethnocentric. People outside of those families could not marry into them. Now, I'm not talking about the general population. I'm talking about when you get down to the show enough like your Rothschilds. Your Oppenheimers, your Rockefellers, you were not married into family. 
so yes, you have to have a standard by which someone could marry into your family. When I married my wife from Ghana, from the Volta region, she's Away. I couldn't just go up to her and say, I want to marry you. I had to go through a whole bunch of trials and tribulations. Even I did. So, Uncle, you're absolutely right. And the lady, I commend you for doing what you're doing. You got a lot invested in your kids, so you do not want to put that precious investment out there for just anything that comes along. That's right. That's right. And and I have sons. And so I think this is for the sons and the daughters. It's not just about the women holding out, although there's a lot of power in that holding out. Um, but it's also about everyone, you know, playing their role and in, in making sure that we're looking for quality. And we do need to define what quality is. Um, because for some people, that Brooks Brothers suit is real. You know, that's what they're looking for, real. And I don't think we can go back to a dated African understanding, because even in Africa, they have evolved, I'm talking about evolution, so the Africa that we know about is not the same Africa as uh, we were there before. So, you know, they, everything has evolved. So I think now that we are at this point of this process, we are at a point where we're like, look, what does real mean? What type of standards are positive? What, are, what am I looking for to, so that I know that it's going to be a good match going forward, you know, um, in the family? How do I keep this family unit together? So I, I, these are all good questions, and, and we have to start defining what is real. Yeah, right. I, I, I was know, about and, to answer that. I, I'll just go ahead, Young. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Young. Okay, and that's my thing. You know, somebody has to play devil's advocate, and I don't mind. Sometimes I don't mind <laughs> more than more than not. Um, no, but was a good you know, question, here's my whole thing: is, is 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 when we go into saying domesticated. And we're talking about the black African here in America. So does domesticated, and, and Hank was talking about evolution, and, you know, um, so does domesticated now necessarily, is, is that a bad thing? Or, you know, what, what is domesticated, and is that bad when we talk about the black African in America? It doing good, it doing bad. You know what I'm saying? It's got its wins and it's got its losses. So so the pro is you've been through so much, right? You've been through so much, right, that you can recognize what's really going on around you. Like we're all doing right now. And you know exactly how uh people in charge operate. Whereas on the continent they still run around with white Jesus. Like they don't get that. And so I would never advocate going back to the Stone Age or the old ways. I'm saying use our African American way. We, we know we pretty much know uh, uh, how to be successful in America. We all do. Whether we choose to make those choices or not, it's on us. But we know what it takes. It takes it takes economic uh, literacy and it takes scientific literacy. We know this. It takes a strong community, uh, supporting each other financially, putting together rules and regulations. You gotta have rules and regulations. We know this. We we clearly understand what's going on. You feel me? We, we, ain't, we ain't running around trying to bash. See, we used to run around and want to bash, you know, different people, bash white people, but we don't even got time for that. Like, we need to, we need yeah. to fix our own household. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, we love Africa, but we ain't trying to fix Africa. We want to fix our house. We want to fix our community first. You know, I love Africa, but why would I move to Africa 
leave out the hood and move to Africa and fix that. That's some idiotic ass shit. So, so we need people that's willing to fix their goddamn community first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then when we go to Africa, we have something for them. So how you gonna have something for somebody and ain't got something for yourself? So we need we yeah. need to advocate yeah. people like that. You feel me? Yeah. Strong education. We got enough sense to know now that we can we, we can start our own education program. We got enough sense to know now that people like Uma is taking niggas' money and ain't gonna never get no motherfucking school. Like we smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? We smarter than that shit. Yeah. We we know niggas like Young Fern. Well, this nigga ain't never got get no daycare. You ain't getting no daycare with a motherfucking record any motherfucking way in America. So we're not giving our money away like that no more. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't gonna know how I feel about all this, yo. We smart as a motherfucker. Yeah. Now we need to start using it. And if you're an elder and you're not scientifically literate, it's certain subjects you're not gonna be allowed to teach no goddamn more. We're not playing no more. We're not dealing with the suckers no more. We're not dealing with the miseducation no more. That's what I'm talking about. Being serious and firm about fixing our goddamn situation. Like, go ahead and pay your child support. We we dealing with niggas like yes. that now. You know what I'm saying? Go Let ahead, me give you some ahead. advice. Don't worry about what the mother do with the money. Don't worry about what she do with the money. Just go ahead and give her the money. Don't worry about that. Right. Keep it moving. Or oh, don't mess with it. Well, you know what I'm saying? Don't handle it. So that's what we at. So that's what we at. Let me give a contention of advice here. When you have an individual like Umar comes along, and I never did say anything about this guy, but it's one thing that struck me. People fail for something and never seen a physical plan. Another thing. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. You never give money to someone under pretension like that unless you can make sure that they are bondable. Why do you want them bondable? Mm-hmm. Because if they run off with the money, the buyer will reimburse you back. You do the same thing if you're dealing with white folks. Mm-hmm. Why would you give somebody well, your money under those pretensions? I think, you know, some of that is, in, in, in talking about the domestication, goes into um, just that. I think a lot of African people, especially in America, are so afraid of being this, this domesticated thing. Like, I want to touch on two points. <clears throat> One, starting with the Umar Johnson thing. In my opinion, of course, we practice an escapism. Anything, man, we're looking for a savior, any type of savior, anybody with a plan, an idea, a dream, or go, and we will put our draws into it if we think that that's going to aid uh, and contribute to our liberation struggle. And two, and then I could guess some people would say are staying here, are not wanting to repatriate. And I'm like you, Hong. I'm like, I don't want to go nowhere until I fix my home. I'm right here. But let's just, you know, for the sake of conversation, a lot of people would say, I'm not leaving here is a sign of over-domestication, of wanting to remain in a place that wasn't, they would say, you know, not intended for us, not we built off the uh, brutal forced labor and all the other things they say. So why we want to stay here, isn't that more domestication or isn't that a sign of just being inflation and, domestic, and domesticated? Let, let, me, let, me, let, let me explain something to you. We fought in every motherfucking war. We was the Buffalo Soldiers, so we wow. killed the Indians. We fought World War One, World War Two. We fought the motherfucking Civil War. All our ancestors is buried here. We've been here for four, five hundred years, yo. We another whole tribe, bro. Them days is over with, yo. We connect back to Africa like all people should, but we're a whole motherfucking new tribe, and we need to start taking advantage of that. Stop fighting against what it is. We African Americans, right? We the greatest African people in the world. You know what I'm saying? And we need to take advantage of that. 
Everybody wants to be like us, baby. Everybody. Yes. Everybody wants to be like That's us. Real. We need to take That's advantage real. of that. We got a chance to take care of the education system, right? We the most educated. We got the most money. You know what I'm saying? We oh, one, one or two little tweaks, and we on the motherfucking map. You feel me? Yes. So if I come on the show and say, yo, yeah. I'm not going to call a white man the devil. And I say, well, why you don't call a white man the devil? I say, because I don't believe in God. So if I don't believe in God, then I sure as fuck don't believe in the devil. I believe in the real world. You know what I mean? I, I, I fuck with nature. Well, damn, uncle, how do you study nature? Well, we study nature through science. Well, why is that? Because you can't cheat. You can't get past nature. You can't get past science. You can only defeat science for science. So we armed and ready. We build the next generation. You, you can't come up to my kids and talk about the Santa Claus shit and talk about the God shit without having a goddamn good explanation. See, I raised them scientifically literate. So, so they study world religions, all religions. And they ain't going for the trick. Well, well the African people is the most spiritual people on the planet. Says who? Says what definition y'all using? So let me get this straight. Right. Black people are the most spiritual on the planet, but white people are the most scientific on the planet. With their formula, you're going to always lose. That's a bunch of bullshit. Wow. That's the real racism, wow. white, white supremacy right there. Who promoted that lie? What <laughs> elders in your community promoted you as the most spiritual? Who did that? Yeah, you you know that. what? You tell the mm-hmm. truth, Vance. You'd be surprised. Blacks are human beings. Human beings do di- tremendous things. You got human beings, men that sleep with their mothers. You got those that sell Black. their daughters off. You got those that sacrifice, right. cut off heads. You human beings do those things. And he's right. Mm-hmm. If you as a American, if you can't make it here, don't be going to Africa. Africans that steal money, it. where do you think they put it? They put it in American banks. When you go stand up <laughs> out of your chair and walk to the wall and hit that switch, lights come on. That stuff don't happen over there all the time. You nope. flush your toilet. You don't have to step outside, and there it is. That don't happen that way every place. You have the best skills. You have the best access to technology and techniques that you can take abroad. If you go abroad and you get beat up, you can always come back here, lick your wounds, get straightened out, and go back and do it again. Listen, you ain't going nowhere, bro. Okay, listen, let me send a call. Now, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. We're talking about the domestication of the black African in America, man, and I'm having a wonderful conversation. I got my co-host on, Seven, Sister Seven, who's doing that thing. We got Anka Cat from the Amin Ra squad coming on. You know how Anka Cat gets down. We got the brother. Brother, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't quite catch your name. My name's Beyonce. The elder. One more time. Tested and proven elder. Okay. The, the captain proved out that we're having a wonderful conversation. If you'd like to be a part of this conversation and chime in, press 1. We'll recognize you. You can get in. But you know the rules on the program, man. This is the people's program. It's open for anybody. But if you come on with opinions, then that means you're open for <laughs> to be talked to. So this is really for the people. Um, but, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and then I hear what you're saying, Elder. But then we go back to this domestication. I think it's such a slippery slope because you got, you know, we got these people who would say that when we're talking, when you say African-American, when you say um, we get amenities over here that we couldn't get anywhere else, it kind of seems like we're pumping up America. Is there a separation between America and white America or 
America and Eurocentric thinking or accepting of Eurocentric ideas and philosophies and ways of life? How do we still separate the two, remain African, remain here, and not and still wage this war against this beast? Can I can I say this though? I just want y'all Please, to know, man. Yeah. Right, without trying to be too damn funny or sound too crazy, the reality is look at the age of enlightenment. Okay, y'all familiar with the age of enlightenment? Most yes. people think that the Masons are evil, the Illuminati is evil, and the Rastacruces are evil. But the truth is, the Masons, the Rastacruces, and the Illuminati ushered in the age of enlightenment. That's when white people was religious out their motherfucking mind. You got the uh, the 100-year war that they fought over fucking religion. They killed millions of Europeans fighting over fucking the Catholics against the fucking Protestants killed millions of them. This information come in. The question is, well, where did the information come in to start to formulate a, uh, a scientific literacy in the European community? Where did it come from? It came from Africa, y'all. The Illuminati, the Masons, the Rosicrucians said that Egypt was the most educated, the most scientific, right? And gave birth to all world technology, science, and religion. They said that. Absolutely. Now, I'm not coming on the show saying that they knew it was black people or they said it was black people. I'm just saying when it came for Europe to fix their fucking problems, they used Mama Africa to fix their motherfucking problems is what I'm trying to tell you. So at the end of the day, look at the back of the dollar bill. They're giving reverence and due respect to your ancestors. If you look at Washington, D.C., it's set up, you know what I'm saying, like motherfucking Egypt. So you got Alton Cemetery on one side, and you got the Washington Monument, the White House on the other side, and you got the river going down the middle. This is the Nile Valley. They made an exact replica of that. So they used your ancestors' ability to build a great civilization and culture, and that is exactly what they did. So you ain't so just because you might have some European cultural traits and this, that, and the other, all you gotta know is they built it off of your shit. You know what I'm saying? So that so so America, you know what I'm saying? They tried to make a carbon copy of Egypt. Remember, they say, well, we don't want to, uh, we want to separate church from state, or you know, we don't want to start this thing off religion. Most people think that the, what what they're calling their forefathers that built America was religious. They wasn't religious. They wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They wanted to build a serious culture. They and and whether they they did it with the murder gang, they did all that. But the, what I'm saying, the essence of weight of what makes America America is Africa. You know what I'm saying? So all you got to do is just grab that essence. So it ain't too bad being in America. Remember, we built this motherfucking gang. We built this. We built That's right. This. That's right. Our we ancestral built. burial grounds is here. 500 years is a long motherfucking time. We can weed out the parts that don't make no sense for our lives, yo. We can weed that out. Just like African people have been doing since eons. We can figure out what makes sense for us, what's good, what's bad, and take that and move that forward. And so you take the best shit that white people got, that they think they got, what they really got, and you take that. You take the best shit that Africa got, you take that, and you take what you got, and you put it together, and you formulate your own culture and do what you got to do. That's important. So having an educational system, having a university and a college, man, that's a good thing to have. Since we recognize the fact that we had the first university, and we can go off by names, right. we can talk about that. We can talk about what the Arabs do. The Arabs 
they claim themselves to be uh, uh, educated. How did they get educated? Because they started a school system called the House of Wisdom. The question is, where did the House of Wisdom come from? The House of Wisdom, they built the House of Wisdom based off of translating what they call pagan texts. They took Greek, Roman, Persian, and Egyptian texts in particular. Yeah, I'm saying they translated that shit, and they took the Arabs to their one and only golden age. So everybody used Mama Africa to reach golden ages but, but us. So I like to say we want to be everything but fucking African. So we African, but we the great motherfucking African American. Look at what we did. Look at what we continue to do. We just don't recognize our greatness. Well, we don't stick together. That's a bunch of fucking lies, man. We stick together, else we wouldn't be on this motherfucking show. Yeah, we all get the Hebrews. We all get the black Muslims. We all let them niggas be wrong as a motherfucker. But we love them, though. But I ain't going to let you be wrong as a motherfucker. <laughs> be my brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We you be wrong as a yeah, they wrong. Wrong. But I, I my brother, we're going to fight back. That shit you spewed, you, you fucking practice it. Watch this. So we practice a religion, you know what I'm saying, that was used to enslave us mentally, physically, socially, and spiritually. So why would we do it? Remember, they all agreed, right, that motherfucking slavery was legal in the Quran, bro. Slavery was legal in motherfucking Christianity in the New Testament. Slavery was legal in the Old Testament. So why would we do that? That's why I don't even like using the word God, because it's politics behind the word God. As a matter of fact, it's slave politics behind the word God. All you got to do is look at Shem, Shem Ham, and Jephthah. Look at the goddamn flood, right? And look at Noah, right? After the world is destroyed, Noah get off the ark. The first thing this nigga do is what? He grow a goddamn venue. Get great. The nigga get drunk. He get drunk. He get yeah. drunk and he yeah, fall he out. Drunk. So he must have made some fucking thunderbird because he was pissy drunk and took off all the clothes. <laughs> you can't right? say he made no thunderbird, brother. You can't yeah. be talking about no thunderbird, man. <laughs> but watch but this, though. So Ham walked by. Now, Ham is supposed to be the progenitors of the black race. Ham, look at him. Now, Ham must be used to, used to Noah getting drunk. He just looked at him and, and left him alone. You know how you got a father to get drunk all the time. He's just tired of it. So we in the middle of the street junk, and that's just time to say, fuck it, I'm just going to leave him. So Ham left him. Now his other two brothers, Shem and Jephthah, look at his father, and they cover him up. So what happened? So God ain't smart enough to know, right, that Ham ain't this shit. He just knows the one in the fucking problem. He's pissy drunk. So God don't curse Ham, but he cursed Ham's grandson. You know what I'm saying? Canaan. They say, curse be the Canaan. Yeah. So what's the damn curse? The curse is what? To be a slave to Shem and Jephthah. Who is Shem? Shem is supposed to be those are the children of God. Who is Jephthah? The northerners, the white boys. So why is it in this book that you want me to follow, right? Mandate that you be a slave, you know what I'm saying, to the fucking earth and the white boys, or to the Hebrews and the white boys, or to the Jews and the white boys. Why would I follow that? So I'm saying black people in America is dead ass wrong for that. It's very disrespectful, and they did ass wrong for that shit. But that don't mean I don't love them. Yeah, but that's a whole part of the domestic. I mean, let me say, Seven, did you want to chime in here? Did you want to come in and say anything? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm laughing and, and peeking with everything that you're saying and everything else like that. I am a spiritualist from the beginning of me to the end of me. A lot of what you're saying is part of the programming 
that we have been given. You know, you got to read the whole book, you know, because part of it will try to domesticate you, and that's the truth. And, see, the problem is that we're such a diverse people that there's diverse understandings of reading the same book, you know. And so for some people that read this book, they do, they they submit, they give them all their money, you know, I'll, I'll sleep with the crazy pastor, I'll do all this crazy stuff because they have been programmed to do that, that they haven't evolved. They're, they're getting spoon-fed the information, and their light is not on. And then there are those that are trying to understand, and they're competing and combating that. So, again, when we talk about domestication, that's not just in our mating processes. That's how we look at everything. We have some fundamental issues up in here. You know, the fact that you would know something is incorrect and still do it, that's a fundamental flaw, you know. And the problem is that this flaw has been with us forever, you know, not ever, but since this journey through slavery and this intentional destruction of this of this people, the intentional destruction. And so because we have this flaw in us, because we have this thing where we're fundamentally not operating at the highest capacity, then we got issues. And I'm like, okay, what are the solutions? What is the real? And how do we get people all on the same page? Because this is a heavy conversation. The phone lines are lit. Everything is wonderful, okay? But what I'm trying to say is how do we get everybody on this page, at least to the thinking part, where they can even listen without, oh, no, no, I can't hear that. Listen, there's truth in this. There's truth in science. (laughs) There's truth in all of this. But we have to get people to the point even where they can have, they can step up to the conversation and even be able to listen and have something to say and contribute. And that's my problem. Not even on this page, not even on the call, you know. Well, here's my question, mm-hmm. and, and here's my question to the listeners and to um, Uncle Cat and everybody. So, you know, at what part, because like you said, Unc, we're a new tribe. And so at what part of the time does, does Christianity or Islam not become an integral part of this new tribe? It was introduced, yeah. some of it was introduced before we came from the continent, the mother continent, especially Islam. And I know the history of the Arab and, and all of that, but I mean, you know, I also know the history, some of the history of the African Muslim who have great achievements and accomplishments. So at what point in time do we say, and then over here, how Christianity, yes, has been used to keep us docile and to keep us complacent, but there's also um, instances and reports of revolutions and rebellions, in spite of what the, the most, one of, I think the most famous ones is that of Nat Turner, the prophet Nat Turner, whom said he was inspired by the Bible. So what, at what point in time do those things not, are not an integral part of this new tribe called the New African or New Black African here in America. It, it, it becomes not, it's, it's no longer an integral part when you can show them what you got works as good as or better than what they have. Nobody's going to give up what they got that's working for them, and you come along yes. and you talking, but you ain't showing. I mean, wow. think about it. Wow. That's fact. Yeah, wow. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work with people that are dependent on the government. They can't see past the government and they don't want to see past the government. And so you're absolutely right. Until they see production in other ways, they're like, Why am I gonna try to mess up what I think is a good thing? you know. 
And I'm like, look, it's, it's really not as good as you're thinking that it is, you know. But until we start to educate them and do that reprogramming, they're very content and they're not ready, they're not willing to give that up. You know, they're saying a clause produces for them every year. Why are you going to tell me that it's not real? Why would I believe you when I see the results of this, you know? So we have to start showing results in other ways in other places. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. And this is what we're talking about. When we're talking about the, the whole domestication, we're talking about this mindset, too. Not only when you show them, how do you come to a people and begin to show them? who don't want to lend an ear. And then is it, is it, you know, at the risk of playing devil's advocate, is it necessary to show them? Is there some way, and you being a spiritualist, Seven, you can chime in on this. Is there some way that they could use the existing, um, existing so-called religions or way of life, way of life that they already possess to be progressive black Africans in America? Or is it necessary that they give up these Arab and Euro- European religions? Is it some way that they could take it and, and blackify it, you know, for lack of well, better words? Uh-uh, I like the word. I, I blackify everything. Everything, every dollar in my hand, I blackify. <laughs> I do events. I, do, uh. I travel, and everywhere that I travel, I'm like, are there any African-American hotels, period? Are there any African-American bed and breakfasts? I'm going, who is running this soul food joint? Don't show me some Korean coming out of my soul food place, you know? And so I have to be intentional with it. But I know working with uh, who I work with, they would look at me almost with pity in their eyes, like, oh, you got to work, huh? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how I get money. I, I got to work. You know, and they they would really feel sorry for me. They're like, man, you out there working, and I got a house, you got a house. And they didn't understand why I pushed when I didn't have to. They didn't understand why I wanted to not live in the project. They they didn't understand because they were like, look, my life is good. They got me. So we and and the government had her. The government had her mama. And ha- you know what I'm saying? We we talking about generations of dependency on the programming. So I don't know if you can, in, unless you just totally wipe them out altogether. I'm talking about wiping out the housing, wiping out the uh, the food stamps programs, and all the other benefits that we have become addicted to. You know, I don't know how you can start to create leniency. You know, it's not like we're going to start weaning that off. You know, they're not going to wean it off. They're going to try to find ways to get more. So I think we have to start with reprogramming our people and showing them they're only going to give you enough to barely keep you alive. It's always going to be just enough to, that you'll survive. What I'm, ta- well, what, I, what I'm talking about is not just government programs, but I'm talking about also the so-called religious sciences or religions that they have. Is there someone, do we have to abandon them also? Is there some way that they can be yeah, blackified? Like, um, yeah, you got to yeah, like, 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 like for the instance, um, Ankh and, and, and listeners, uh, uh, Elijah Muhammad, the honorable Elijah Muhammad, well. who took the Islamic, if some people say, oh, we weren't Muslim, but okay, let's, even if we get to that thing and go to Islamic terminology, <laughs> hey, you know, for the sake, <laughs> didn't he take something and begin to clean up black people here in America? Well, I mean, and I, I'm going to be real brief I think on that's this a mistake, one. though, Yang. That's a mistake, Yang. Yeah, I, I'll be real brief. 
when it comes to religion, I choose my religion, but I do not choose to be black. I am black, period. And I all of everything I do has to focus on that blackness. Everything I do has to focus on the survival of blackness. Because I'll wake up in the morning and choose a new religion and be just as dedicated and in love and all that other good stuff. So I think we have to move with the things that we cannot change, and then we can move into the wants. I want to be spiritual, and so I make certain decisions. But this black idea, that's not an, that's who I am. And so I think we have to move from that point of view. This is who you are. Now, you can't let something that you want to be conflict with something that you are. And so I think, you know, that when it comes to that science thing, you have to understand you have to have that black nationalist gene in you because you are black, period. That's not the question. So you can be spiritual if you want to, and you can pull from any text that you want to. All of that is a choice that we make every day. Um, you said we got to let it go. Now, why do you say all of it has to be let go? Because, it's, well, well, it's a cultural war is what we're really going through right now, right? Mm. And so if you're fighting a cultural war, then how in the hell are you going to continue to practice someone else's culture, whether you black or fight or not? And so religions are cultural containers for ideas of human beings in geographical regions. So when you practice Islam, you're really practicing a Middle Eastern Arabian uh, lifestyle community back in uh, the 1400s. You feel me? When you practice Christianity, you practice in a Middle Eastern 2,000-year-ago uh, uh, time period. When you practice being a black Hebrew, you know what I'm saying? You're going back to 900 BCE, you know what I'm saying, in the Middle East, right? If you practice Yoruba right now, all right, you practice in an African, continental African uh, social system. Uh, same with voodoo. You practice in a continental African social system. What I'm saying is we need, to, we need to create our own system of governing ourselves in North America based off of all of our experiences that we have brought forward. This is why we don't make it. Remember this, y'all. Never forget this. Human beings, right, created God and religion, not the other way around. That's what we got to recognize, right? And human beings create this, right, for cultural containers. It contains the people's culture. It contains the people's ancestry. It contains the people's way of life. You can just read the text. It's talking about their ancestors and they're venerating them and they're honoring them. Mm-hmm. So when you practice somebody else's religion, you honor Jacob and Isaac and Moses and Abraham and disrespecting your own culture. No matter how you read the book, they're ancestral worship shrines. You know what I'm saying? Pianchi just told you how you couldn't be a certain priest if you wasn't from there. Right, because those things were made there. So what are we going to make here is what I'm really trying to say. And then what is spiritual? You can't be spiritual and be broke at the same time. That don't make no goddamn sense. I don't care what nobody says. Spirituality got to be spiritual and shelter and protection of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, another thing, too, you talk about the culture. Heck, when you read the Bible, when it says, do not give your sons to their daughters and your daughters to their sons, that was a culture. You don't do that. That wasn't God. That was their culture saying that. People deify their culture and turns it into a religion. When it says, thou shalt not lay with a man like you do with a woman and vice, that's culture. And if you don't think I'm lying about that, Amun 
wanted a pure solar child. So he created Immaculate Conception with Hatshepsut's mother. He was sick and tired of mixing. This was before Europeans was on the scene. So who is they mixing with? You have to ask yourself that question. But you know, this is the this is under the assumption that we read the Bible like that or we read the Quran like that. I'm sure we do have our scholarly people from amongst the, the Christians and the Muslims who go all out. At one point in time, I was one of those brothers. But this is under the but like <laughs> Uncle Cat said, we've been here, we've been here for 500 years uh, or more, and these ways of life, I don't even know. Uh, can we say that we emulate Middle Eastern? And I'm not, yes, there's some Muslims who do, but those Muslims or Christians who have embraced it, is it, hasn't it become a part of our culture here? When we talk about domesticating, uh, the domestication of the black African man and woman, aren't those things that have become a part of our very yeah. own culture? Yeah. Yeah, we integrated in there, but 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 you're still venerating other people's ancestors, though. That that that's the that's the, that's the crazy part. Isaac and Jacob and Ishmael and and, and Muhammad. That nigga ain't in your family. I'm telling Man, you. Man, I know Muhammad, Muhammad from Detroit. You know Muhammad. You know you know Muhammad. <laughs> At the end of the day, man, who do you give your allegiance to? So you can't claim to fight against racism, white and white and Arab oppression, right? And then honor their ancestors at nighttime. It don't make no sense. Yeah. And I'm glad you didn't yeah, say don't. white supremacy, because that's another one of these fads. White supremacy is taken completely out of context. Let me tell you what white supremacy is. When you sit around a table and you're discussing. Offshore oil well drilling. When you're discussing boycotting sanctions, equity financing, that's white supremacy. Because when you look at the people behind these institutions in these industries, more likely than not, not in all of them, the faces of them are white. And they lose too. If you don't like that arrangement, compete against it. That's a fact. I'm against it. But I'm agree to I'm agree to an extent. I'm agree to an extent because I think white supremacy is so much larger than that. I I I think a little bit of that that's trivializing it. You know, white supremacy is also us holding their standards of beauty, us us you know our dietary practices. Even the fact of white supremacy is the fact of white people feeling a certain sense of entitlement. You know what I'm saying? I think that all of that is, mm-hmm. is, is white supremacy. Not just economic white supremacy, but social, cultural, and political white supremacy. I think that white supremacy is, is very... Well, I, think I don't know what happened to you, but look, whites have just as much right to be able to look upon their women and see beauty. They have just as much mm-hmm. right to set the standards for what goes on in their community. Yeah, I think we need to make a distinction between uh, white supremacy and white power. Yeah. I, listen, white supremacy is this. It's not so much, yeah, they can look at their women and call them beautiful. I would hope they would. That way they stay away from mine. But here's what, here's what white supremacy is. When you own all the media, or most the majority of the media, billboards and everything, and you set the standards of beauty, and the standards of beauty are white women or as close to European as possible. 
You know, you're setting up supremacy is one over one over another, and it's not like you know, it's not like we're on even killing. See, I don't want to. You know what you got to do. You know what you got to do? You got to have business control politics, business control media, because media needs advertising dollars. Then you need to create business. And here's another thing you need to create. You need to create a school system that indoctrinates your children on how they're supposed to behave when they get a certain age. If your child have not been indoctrinated that they're supposed to spend money here or there, then they're not going to do it. Whatever's out there that's biding for their dollars, biding for their attention, is going to win over your wishes and your pleas. You got to put the work in. You have to, Elder. Hey, Yango. Hey, Yango. What was the standard of beauty in Egypt, y'all? Huh? I don't know because I wasn't there. But... I, I don't know, but, but I wasn't because images. look at all the images. Oh yeah, images. you can see you 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 yeah you can see it. But I mean some of that some of that I'm gonna be honest. Uh, some of that I even question because I've read so many things. I've read when they washed the pyramid walls, they lightened skin, and you know, and then you're talking about the different. I don't get into the front, no, no, the I wasn't, saying that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't saying that. Yeah, I, but, that's not but the point. I, I was saying that black but, being, what, what, being, I'm saying the standard of beauty was the African. It wasn't the European. Yeah. They had plenty exactly. of foreigners in Egypt. Foreigners came in, but they never made the foreigners the standard of beauty. Exactly. What Bianchi was trying exactly. to say is that this, this Mr. Gilmore property, and the standard of beauty is the fuck he said the standard of beauty is. If you don't fucking like it, build your own mechanism to promote your own standard of beauty. We Absolutely, but here it is. People who never gave three no, no uh, oh, come on, man. We're going to be real. We're going to be real. Let's be real with it, though, brother. It ain't like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, we don't. Some of us don't expect, but some of us recognize that what's happening to us is intentional and deliberate, and especially. And we're talking about when we talk about domestication of a people like the mother said, get your own this and that. You, you're talking about when you're talking about social manipulation and social engineering. Our spending, like the elder, with all due respect, elder, our spending is not going to be geared to empower ourselves because of effects like white supremacy. We don't think you can't. Uh, we don't spend towards empowering ourselves. It's something as simple as saying, do your own, get your own, this and that. But when you're intentionally targeted, when you're intentionally hindered, when education is intentionally um, uh, changed, and you got a revisionist history, like look at Dr. King, shit, his whole history's whack now. You know what I'm saying? When you got all of these things coming at you, how do you spend for yourself? How do you empower yourself? How do you do all of that? You say, well, we we start a school to educate. Even if there's a such thing called neocolonialism, if you don't believe me, let's study the wars in uh, Angola. You know what I'm saying? Let's study the wars where black people have taken over that have been under the uh, oppression and leadership of white people. And when they left, they were nothing but black faces in white places. One of my one of my biggest heroes, Kwame Nkrumah, came out and said he said his mistake was not changing the system after Ghana gained independence because it was still a colonial. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that, though, Ryan. Yeah, but the so thing is, is that uh, I, I, could dis- I could debate that with you, but we don't have enough time to debate all those points. I'm just going to say it like this. <laughs> if, you want to do, if you want to change, you got to make the change yourself. You can't leave it up to educate your kids. 
Just because you got a store, hang on for a second. Just because you got a store and you buying wholesale from Asians who ain't gonna give you family prices, that ain't really black business. You got to produce and manufacture what you got on the shelves in that store. If you're not doing that in some capacity, because Green Giant will put your labor on their canned goods if you want them to. But if you're not doing that in some capacity, then you just it's pseudo black business. You have to start somewhere when it comes to that idea of not truly being involved with the process from the beginning to end. We have to start somewhere. And I, and I think sometimes uh, I get lost in these conversations. Like, I'm like, okay, where do I start? Okay, where do I start? I like that idea. Where do I start? You know, I, we have a, a black barbecue joint around the corner. They run out of food. I see them at the store buying food. I'm like, come on now. You're supposed to be making the food, okay? But you know what? I try to support them in that because it's a beginning. It's a beginning. And so we have well, to Well, I know what you're saying. Where do you think they get their food from, sis? You know, we have to start. Where do you think they yeah, get yeah, yeah. Food Oh, no, no. From, they need to start with me. Yeah. So, um, you know, right. I, I, we have to really encourage them to start somewhere. I know growing up, I was part of that era where black is beautiful where all the Afro picks had a fist at the bottom of it. I was at the point where we wore dashikis and it was okay. And, and you know, I was intentionally programmed to know that my brown skin was beautiful, however I did it, that my nappy hair worked, Absolutely. you know. So that's part of the age that I was in. But we don't do that now because we have stars wearing blonde wigs. And we got that's everything pointing. Blonde, yes, yes. That's black is, black is midnight. Black is yeah. It is yeah. unnatural. And so we're talking about this artificial evolution. So we got people up here. We don't have, it's not clergy doing the wigs anymore. It's our sisters doing the wigs but, now. But you know what? Oh, wow. Every animal will start to emulate or, you know, what's that one snake? That looks like a poisonous snake, but it's really black yeah. and red, and the other one's yeah. red and black or something. So yeah. they begin, our people begin to do, spe- you know, and, and more so we see it amongst the sisters happening. No, I can't even say that anymore. Men are doing it. But they will begin to emulate what they deem to be successful. This is what I'm calling a white supremacist a blanket being put over us. When they push their culture, their ethnicity, their language, their dress, their food, when they make that superior than any other thing. I do agree with the elder. I think we should make better decisions. But here's what I'm saying. I don't think we're properly informed. I think when you know better, well, you do better. I, I just don't you know think I'm we're properly informed. And I don't think we can. And I don't think. And, and one second, Elder, I'm going to end it with this. I don't think we can trivialize it by saying, well, we just simply have to. Um, you know, buy black or, or this and that. I think that it is a lot deeper, and I think that we have to root, root that thing out, expose it, confront it, and, and kill it. Go ahead. Now, what were you saying? Well, you know, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a short answer. You might not want to hear this, but it's a reality. Everybody ain't gonna make it. Might be your reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's, that, it's I'm, true. that I'm ready for. I think everybody is not gonna line up and shoot. Yeah. Some of us, we, it's no, be some there's a lot of things. we have to take out the game. 
you know, there's a there's a lot of things that can be done. The most simplest and least thing that you can do is make sure that your children or your grandchildren have the necessary things that they need to compete yes, when sir. they step up on that stage. That's the least thing you can yes, do. Sir. You don't have to yes, have sir. an auditorium of people. You don't have to have a big arena of folks marching in the same direction. Let's make sure that your kids... Your children, grandchildren, got what they need and support them all the way. You know, you talk about Sandra Bland. Let me get this. You talk about Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland's bail was $500. You mean to tell me that the family and everybody else couldn't get together with $500 to get her out? (laughs) Some people, I I heard it also said, that they didn't know where she was. And even if she did, unfortunately, here's the unfortunate part about that with us. is like you said, we don't really begin to see the seriousness of something. Like my nephew's on the on the Hakeem behind enemy lines. I've always read about police shooting people, black people. And I get upset. It is not, it doesn't really affect you to it. When I got the call that my nephew had been shot by the police, and I didn't know whether he was going to make it or not, it was a whole different thing. So a lot of times we don't really take stuff serious into it at home, you know, and, and I think that Sandra Bland's family is probably, yeah, you say what, nephew? I said you came right up the right street acting a fool, too. Yeah, man, I mean, I heard they shot you because you're going to die, bro. So I had to come up there and see what's going on. See what's going on. So, you know, I think that's a that's the thing. Let me get a call right now. You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for self determination. Man, we have a great conversation going on with some heavy hitters, some high power people. Please, if you like to join in, contribute. You know, um your 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 two cent, three cent, four cent to the conversation. You're more than welcome. This is the people's radio program and it's all about the people's input. This is how we get down here. You know, um so please press one and we'll recognize you. But yes, sir. Uh, younger, you know how I said. You ever watch the Wizard of Oz, yo? Yeah, man. You know never which that? one, the Wiz or the Wizard? Both of them. Don't matter which one. Okay. Remember yeah. how all them people for so long thought the Wizard was so powerful? Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Until they opened yeah, up. Yeah, it was Richard Pryor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a damn Joseph. I'm trying to tell you, yo, the yeah. people don't got that power you think they got no more. Them days is over, yo. Now, you can just smell I, it, yo. Listen, like, like, it's about, yeah, I don't it's about think... us making choices now. Listen, let me finish this, though. It's about making choices, bro. See, you always got a choice. Yes. You always got a choice, bro. Even in slavery. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I give you I give you something. Watch this. And I ain't saying Find me a people oppressed, right? And I'll and I'll show you them people, you know what I'm saying, is making the wrong choice. Did they choose to be oppressed? How about that, Yanger? How that sound? Find the people oppressed and you'll find that they make a choice to be oppressed. What do you think about that? And then yeah. I'm gonna tell you who said it. Gentlemen, tell you said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think they're choices. I give you an example of how their religion is tearing you up. I, okay, I want to hear who said These it people, first real quick, Elder. Let me, go I, ahead, I, sir. I want to say who said it first. Shaka Zulu said it. So when Shaka Zulu came to okay. power, the first thing he did was he, he killed all the medicine men and the priests. 
He said, let your God save you, let your ancestors save you. And he killed them. So the ancestors ain't saving, the gods ain't saving. So he came into an environment ruled by religion, and he stopped all that. He made the Zulu at that time the most technically sound people, you know what I'm saying, in that area. You feel me? Remember, they went to war with everybody around them, took all their shit, and they incorporated them into the kingdom. The Zulu was so mighty that the Europeans never fucked with them at all. Never. Yeah. They never, as long as Shot was in power, they never had to fight the Europeans. Because that's how thorough he was with technology. That's how serious he was. Right? Where did the British come into play? This was after Shaka? Yeah. I, 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 you know, after his brothers and them was hating, they killed him. You know what I'm saying? Got back to the spookism, then it got murdered the fuck up. There you have it. There you go. Okay. So there you go. So, so he felt like the human mind was the most powerful thing on earth. That the human spirit inside of him, who you are inside of you, you know what I'm saying, can change any problem. So I'm not, I can't make the excuse no more, Yanga. I'm saying is we make bad choices. Remember, yo, I, I never, I, I wasn't raised in the hood. I was raised down the street from the hood. I walked through the fucking hood. Matter of fact, nigga, I made, watch this way, something crazy. I made the hood the hood where I was from. I turned the community into the fucking hood. I was the first nigga to bring the yeah. thing up, yo. I brought that up into yeah. the community, yo. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't but no you white know what man that, doing that. I been shot up three times. I agree. White man didn't do that. I agree with you. But you was influenced. You were influenced in order in nah, order to turn. No, you were influenced, no, brother. Too. You was influenced by materialism. Uh-huh. And when you doing what you no. was doing for material possessions, uh-huh. you wasn't doing what no, you were doing for material that. possessions, Uncle Cap. I got businesses, though. I wasn't that. We paid for college education, bro. That's what we did with ours. I'm just telling you, it was different shit. But what were you, do- what was you doing? Your- what were you doing your wickedness for? I didn't think it was wicked. Hey, there you go. That's my point. Bad is, like you said, you know, when you talk about bad, what is bad? Me and the sister was talking about uh, the R. Kelly thing. And somebody said, somebody said, well, those girls knew better. My question was, what is better? If she's, excuse my language, verbiage alert, if she's sucking dick for a cheeseburger, $1,000 is better. You see what I'm saying? So what is better when you say that our people knew better? What is better? Better is relative. So if I'm, if I'm hustling for material possessions, materialism and consumerism was taught to me by the white man because it is the cog that keeps his machine turning. I wasn't taught entrepreneurship. I wasn't taught black business ownership. We are not taught that we're not taught that in our schools. We're not taught that, and especially the post-integration area, era. That post-integration era is taught in the American dream. And the American dream is materialism and consumerism for the black man. So in order for a lot of these people you say to do better, they have to know better. What is better? Black power is not better to them. Black power, has they have not seen, especially this post-integration, post-black power, black is beautiful era, they haven't seen black power be progressive, advancing, or anything that is beneficial to them. So they're going to make well, the decisions that the, oh, that the oppressor puts out. Well, you there. might be right, Yanga. You might be right. And one of the reasons why that is. You hear me, though, Yanga? I just can't use that excuse. Maybe somebody else can. Yeah. I can't. I, I had a you and I can't use it because we know better. I'm just exactly. saying I can't use that excuse, though. 
I chose, exactly. I chose you, I chose to do what I did, bro. But exactly. But look, look at these myself. kids, these youth today out there are some of our listen, I was talking to Shaka about that and I said one of the reasons we contributed to these young people, they crack babies. We sold their mama's dope. You know you just sold some of these boy mama dope. And you know it. So, so, so a, a lot of them so, a, a lot of them we contributed nigga, to, to the detriment. The, I used to kick the pregnancy off, yo. I, I used to kick you know the it's just one chick, yo, she was always uh, going to labor. All three of her kids <laughs> fucking with me. So we contributed. <laughs> we contributed, right? So we contributed to that to to, to the plight of 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 Black America, Black African America now. And a lot of by contributing to that, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be honest, was the influence mm-hmm. of white people. We didn't have what these black. All my heroes on TV oh, were white. No. Captain Kirk, Starsky and Hutch. You know what I'm saying? Even when I started being a gangster, we didn't have no real black gangsters. I wanted I didn't want to be Shaft. I wanted to be Scarface. Who wanted to be Shaft? I didn't know one brother that wanted to be Shaft. Everybody wanted to be... You see them right? Exactly. So we even wanted to be... We emulated for... Look at the, look at the rappers back at old. We didn't come up... After we left, and I ain't even used this guy, but African Bambada, niggas became Castro... Noriega, uh, uh, Little Italy, Little Capone. We even started emulating. Shake of Air. Gambino. So, nobody, it's going to be hard for somebody to convince me that the European or this white man was not very influential in the development and the direction of the black African here in America. And I don't think, and you're talking 500 years. So, 20, these little 10, 15, 20, 30 years. That, that the internet been out, and we've been, and thank God for talking to you, brothers, because, Unc, I know you personally, so I know you're a studious brother, but I'm talking about these other internet scholars are going to come up and not say that white America doesn't have that big influence on us that they do, and I just think that the influence is so deep and so big that they don't have to enforce it. It's self-inflicted. We enforce it ourselves because we don't have a contrary. We don't have a... Go to what's the alternative? That's right. That's right. You know, I just think we got a choice, bro. And 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 instinctual behavior is 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 that is that considered bad decision? If you make a a a decision out of instinct or 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 impulse, is that still considered bringing it on yourself? And I can say this. I just think we got a choice. Pain I don't think we slid. Hurts just like regular pain. Just because it's self-inflicted doesn't mean that it's not painful. Doesn't mean it's not detrimental. It just means that you caused it, okay? So whether Ooh. we bring it on ourselves or we're having it brought on to us, no matter how we're getting it, we're being negatively impacted by it. So it's kind of like I don't care what came first, the chicken or the egg. The question is, what do you need? Do you need chicken or do you need eggs? And then what? Then to find out how to go about that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm, even if we bring this on ourselves, I still need a solution about how I can stop this domestication. I heard about the children, and that's wonderful. I want to plan, though, because my children are fine, okay, and, and all of your children are fine. But our children is not the majority. And so my thing is I need to – 
you know, each one teach five. You know, I don't know what the equation is now. Hey. But we have to do more about the education, and we can't just, just focus on our household. We have to focus on, you know, the community. How can we reach out to the community you, and start creating gonna... some solutions? I think I think that when you try to teach your household and maybe members of your family, you're going to be more successful than trying to teach a whole school district because that has been okay. attempted forever. Those, you know, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you yeah, something. Listen, yeah, to this. You do. Listen to this. Hang on for a second real quick. They got a hold of your kids. They need your kids for them to get paid. They are not going to turn them kids loose easy. So it's best that you come up with programs like school choice with vouchers where you can put your child into the environment, educational atmosphere that you want them that goes along with your long-term plans and goals for higher education. But trying to take over a whole school district, uh uh-uh. That's been tried and attempted, going all the way back to the 70s in the Black Power Movement, coming into the uh, Council of Independent Black Institutions, CB. And look at them now. I understand what you're saying, but I'm here to tell you that so you don't waste time and effort and precious resources going into a direction that people tried 30 and 40 years ago, and the results was ridiculous. Well, you know, I I, I just need I am a second generation, which means that my parents, both of them, were active in the movement. And I didn't go to private school. I went to home. I went to public school all day, like everybody else. And then I came home and I had my Islamic studies. I had my Black History study, and I had my, um, you know, re, you know, piano lessons. Okay, so my mother knew that the education I got at school was not enough. She already knew that she was going to have to spend fifteen, twenty minutes deprogramming me from what I picked up at school. And then applying more information. You know, I had maps of Africa on my wall and the Budweiser Kings and Queens series. I had the whole series. And so, and then she took it to the community. And so there was a group of, you know, seven or eight little sisters from the hood that were learning as we learned Swahili, as we learned what is modest dress, as we learned. Um, black history, and that was how she combated the environment that we were in all day. And so that's what I'm saying. I don't want to take over the school district because the school district isn't ready. But there are some parents that, like, they can recognize school is not enough. I need something more. And that more. Well, I agree with you. I'm looking to. That's what I know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree I with you. School is not enough. You you, you have yeah. to expose yeah. your child to things outside of the school district in order to see where they are. Just like you got your young boys that go to these football combines. They run, throw, jump, and hop to see out of all of them that's there, the handful of them that does it the best. Then you have to take your child through an evaluation process and see exactly where they are and where their inner talents lie. If they don't have it, you shouldn't try to impose upon them something that they are not going to be successful with. But the, all those things are very necessary to do. Absolutely. Let me do. Listen, you know what? Here's my thing, and I and I, and I want to say this because 
I agree, but here's where I and respectfully, Elder, some some of the things I, I disagree with. I think that we should be involved with the school system. I don't think just like you know what Seven is saying. Um, you know, her son goes to school and he thinks he's an outside the box thinker because that's what's encouraged at the house. You know, think outside the box, be yourself, be individual, be ri- original, and never be afraid of or ashamed of who you are. But when we go, when we don't take that on uh, and go in these school systems then that isolates him, you know, because we leave the other kids not to be informed. Secondly, I think that these parents have to get involved. Join these PTAs. Get in there. Challenge the curriculum. I challenged the curriculum at my son's school, and he came back and told me, we're learning about slavery. I said, what are you learning? He said, we worked all day for free. I said, oh, that's all they taught you? So I go challenge the curriculum. I go talk to the teacher. I go sit in. I may have to sit in the class. See, we're not involved enough. I don't take the defeatist attitude. First of all, I'm a taxpayer. Ain't no way in the hell a public school is going to teach what they want to teach. I think that community, we can take community control. And once we take, you know, they vote for school board position. See, we don't get involved in the politics in our community. We can vote the school board intendant, uh, superintendent, the school board chairman. We, they vote for those positions. We should run like-minded people, progressive black African people. We take we are too indifferent about the shit that happens to us, and we think if we get a little nucleus, we have this cult mentality shit. We think if ten of us get together and form a little nucleus, we gonna really change something. I never believed that. I've always been well, one who know, believes uh, in the masses you know, and the power of the people. And and in my last yeah. thing that I'm gonna let you say, I blame the white man for everything. I heard my brother say, I do, I blame him for anything. I heard my brother say, we was up in New York. He said, who is cold? I blame this white man. Somebody said, you blame the white man for the cold? He said, yeah, because he brought us from Africa. I blame that devil, that crowd. I know you don't think they devils are, but I blame that beast, that savage, that whatever for every ill that befalls the black man and woman in America. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to the elder. Go ahead. Thank you for being patient with me, too, elder. Well, you know, your state statues allow you, the local community, to control that curriculum. That curriculum can be whatever you want it to be as long as it meets state minimum standards. That's in most states. I know it is in Missouri, where I hailed from. And you can teach, you know, here's the thing. Your child got to be able to compete. Your child got to be able to read. In in California, 75% of black males is not reading that level. In a school I was working with here in St. Louis, the principal told me only 10% of her third graders are reading that level. That right there is, is, is just tremendous. I mean, it's really silly. You can teach them whatever you want to to indoctrinate them. But when time comes down, they have to compete on a world scene. They have to be able to do math. They have to be able to read. They have to know science. They have to know the STEM fields. They have to be able to compete. And if they can't compete, they're going to be left behind. You know, one thing I wanted to say earlier, this horde of people that's coming from the southern hemisphere, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, and these caravans that's coming into this country illegal, you know that a refugee or illegal or non-documented can go to a state university and only pay in-state tuition where your child coming out of New York wanted to go to the University of Texas, they got to pay out-state tuition? That's totally ridiculous. These immigrants and these undocumented are coming in here, they don't even look black people in the eye. 
you're irrelevant to them. You're not relevant to them. They're going to step over. That's what they have intended. Go to their website that pr- promotes their culture, La Raza. They call it something else now. It say they are there to uh, to push and also champion the causes of Latinos. It doesn't say anything about blacks at all, whereas your leaders are talking about blacks and browns and all that crazy old mess. That is a threat to your kids. They can co- the courts say that an illegal can come to your classroom, and you got to have uh, classes that teach them English, whereas we complain about black kids are teaching Ebonics, and you have no special class to teach them the proper uses of English. There's something wrong with that picture. We should be stomping up and down and complaining about what's going on down on that southern border. I, you, you know what, and 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 I see what you're saying because we we had a show last week and I was talking about that. And so, but you know, here's my thing. And I look at those Latinos, those brown people. They have it like that because they put pressure. Now we can stomp up and down and we can cry about that, and say this is unfair, this is unjust. But it goes back to like what you were saying, um, dear elder, that we must begin to put so much pressure that I issue that things that affect us directly are recognized. See, our problem is we allow people to put our, even in the black-brown thing, we allow people to put our issues to the back burner, you know, or we'll start complaining about, I'm not going to gripe and cry about what they're doing for the Mexican people or the Latino people. I think that black African people in America must learn from that and must say, you know what, we better galvanize, we better begin to pull our resources and demand some damn uh, whatever. It takes as as along with working the working the system. See, not only do they demand it, they understand the power. They've come in and made themselves not just a political force, but an economic and social force. How many times have we seen the Latinos start off two or three in the community, and within the span of four or five years, control the whole community all the way down to the corner stores, that to Spanish signs hanging up. If you don't believe me, just go down Buford Highway in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So, but look what the look what the Patels are doing. You know what the Patels yeah. are, don't you? Yeah, yeah, the Indians. Patels, and they're buying they're up Indians, all. Right. They're buying up. Yeah, they're, they're buying up all those yeah. But that's nationalism yeah, right. that is finest. It's just that we don't turn around and practice nationalism. You know, and, twenty-two thousand hotels, a hundred and thirty billion dollars in assets. Think they about don't, that. But you know they don't, but they don't talk against their nationalism, and they understand they have what a us versus them yes. mentality. Yes, they do. They have a us versus them mentality. You don't know and, which Patel it is. It's just Patel, okay? They don't differentiate it more than that. It's just Patel, okay? You're right. All these Mexican stores, they don't say um, I'm Jose. I'm not with them. They're over there. They're they're chicos. We don't say that. They say Mexican. That's what they say. And so what they do is they hide and find protection in their nationalism. We don't do that. We quick to say, oh, no, I'm not with them because of this, and I'm not with them. They don't care because what they're doing is they have branded themselves. All Mexicans are Mexican. They don't ever make no differentiation. They're Mexican, period, okay? And, And all Patels. All of them, all the Hindus, they're all Hindu, period. There's not a question. They're not going to let you pick them apart. 
So we're quick to pick ourselves apart. We can find 15 reasons and, and feel validated and justified in our reasons why we're not like our brother and sister, and we can't tell each other apart. Our yeah. ancestry is so mixed up. I don't even How can you dispute that? We all cousins. You know, <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, and and I wanted to say this in here, jumping in, because uh, I can't get Shaka to get on the line because he's driving. But Shaka made a good point, and he was saying, he was saying the thing when we talk about the Patels and the Hispanics and their nationalism, because their nationalism uh, it supersedes their religious differences yeah. or their geographical differences. He was talking about the Norinos and the Soreños, the Northerners and the Southerners who go to war in Mexico. They're big yeah. on that, but when they come over here, they're yeah. all Mexicans, and, and, and they're so national. Check this out. They're so nationalist that they have used their oppressor's language, the Spanish, because they weren't Spanish-speaking people at first. They've used the Spanish, and they will come together to, before, even before we did, a Puerto Rican and a El Salvadorian will come together before. So you're talking about even two totally different land masses, not just regions of the same area, but two land masses. And we have to... This is why I say I go back to say the effect and the influence of white tyranny, oppression, and supremacy in keeping us separated and divided because that issue is super deep. This domesticating of the black man and the black African woman, America, is super deep. Listen, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Great, great guest on today. Wonderful conversation. If you like to jump in, press one. We'll recognize you. If you're enjoying, just keep listening. But um, we, and we'll go right back to it. But that's the whole thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting on horse here. Hollering. Well, you know, I that's like to always whole... come up with some solutions. At the yeah, end let's of do that. In our last couple of minutes, let's talk. <laughs> let's become real solution oriented. And let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm doing several things. One, I'm helping. Some Nigerians in the development of seaports, ammonia plants, and uh, power generating states. But here in the United States, I work with the National Society of Black Engineers in the St. Louis chapter in particular. But I'm really hailing out of Louisiana at this present time for one reason that it's 65 degrees here, and you know what it is in Chicago and St. Louis. But they have on the third Saturday, they bring in young people starting at the sixth grade, and they take them through workshops. Workshops can be mathematics. It can be robots. What I was helping out with uh, structural members, teaching them the principles of, of a bridge and how it operates, and other subjects, even mathematics. That is something that's well needed. The National Society of Black Engineers have about 20,000 active men and a total of about 30,000 members across the country. It was started back in the 1970s. And they practically in every city. Get your child involved in that organization as early as you possibly can. Because what it does, it takes your child through a process to see exactly where they fall through it. They are trying to produce at least 10,000 black graduates in the STEM field every year. It was 25,000, but realizing just how bad the school systems are, and it's not the children. No child wakes up in the morning wanting to be a failure. It's black society that's letting that go on with their child. But they're trying to produce these children 
these graduates in these STEM fields, and they're doing a pretty good job at it. And just to show you how good of a job they're doing, at the last two national conventions in Pittsburgh and Lawrence, Kansas, Northwood Grumman hired 400, two years in a row, a total of 800 young STEM graduates right off the showroom floor, off the convention floor, not including the other corporations that was there also. So there it is. That's what we have to achieve in that particular realm. There's a lot of things that need to be done, but I chose to do that because I have a background in structural members. Awesome. 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 Seven, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were saying? Uh, You know, just wrapping up, one thing I wanted to say is that we, and I mean everybody on this call, the ones that will listen in the future, we are the leaders of everything. So don't think that it doesn't matter, and don't think that it doesn't count. You know, a lot of times I do go up to the school to check on my child. I'm going to check on my child, but I'm also letting the school know, hey, you got eyes on you. You know, when I'm at the store and I see anytime I see something incorrect, I know that I am supposed to address that or I wouldn't have seen it. And so we have to start to look at ourselves as leaders. And you can be whatever kind of leader you want, but when you wake up and you decide, I'm going to lead, that is not just when the microphone comes into your hand. Be a leader in all that you do, everywhere that you are. Let your community know that you're that leader so that they may come to you and say, hey, what is this? What is that? And you'll also find others to say, look, I see you leading. How can I help? And so, you know, I really just want to really put it out there and understand, let's start taking accountability for the situations that are around us. No situation is too small for your energy, and no problem is that big where it can't be handled. So I, that was just words I wanted to share before we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hakeem, you want to share something, man, before we go in the last 10 minutes? Chairman, do you want to say something before we, hey, you know, man. before we go? It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be able to tap in with like-minded minds. And, you know what I mean? From all the way behind enemy lines, I bring, I bring comrades with me. You know what I'm saying, and uh, and you know, and, and one thing about it, you know, you you might not just building like this. Me and everybody I I, I bring to the show right now, we listening, uh, uh, we fall deep. You know what I'm saying, and um, awesome. and you know, we be recharged for like three days, like just geeked up on it. You know what I'm saying. Every time I see you, I can't help but say power. You know what I'm saying. I can't even help it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just want to, I, I just really want to, I just really want to say thank you, you know what I mean? Because this all I do is talk this shit all day and night. So, you know what I mean? It always be a pleasure when I can when I can uh, bring guests and it be a, a wonderful show. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody love to know, what what is he tapping into? You know what I'm saying? And, and, mm-hmm. and you never disappoint. Man, right on, man. I appreciate that, Chairman Hakeem, you know. And definitely, man, for the brothers listening, man, behind enemy lines, man, know that y'all in our prayers and we ain't forgotten about you. And we keep the message going. Even when Hakeem is released back into this beast, this jungle of a world, to do the work of uh, uh, elevating, educating, and empowering black people, we're going to need one of you brothers that right now may be unfortunate to have to be there a little longer to carry the tradition and keep this shit going. So, you know, with that said, man, we definitely appreciate that. 
I, I want to say, you know, coming off in the last minute, we, and, and, and definitely thanking everybody for listening, is like what Sister Seven was saying, that and what the elder is saying, essentially. You know, and we some things we may have disagreed on, but I do agree with them on one major thing, and that's about the decision-making, especially those of us that are in some type of no. You know, we have to make better decisions. We have to think about if this decision will be beneficial for us as an individual and us as a people. We have been so, so you have to understand that this beast we're, we're combating is when we say devilish, it means he's mis- cleverly mischievous or uh, mischievous in his cleverness, however you want to word it. Wicked. I like that, Shock. He's wicked. So he has evolved. His war has evolved. And one of the ways that his war has evolved is he has taught individualism, which is a Eurocentric trait, and all about self, self-gratification, the immediate self-gratification, uh, feeding the lower base desires. No consequence to whoever it affects or whom it may harm. You'll hear them and shit. I got mine. You better get yours. Do it yourself, my nigga. That individualism. And that is what has been one of, in my opinion, of course, one the biggest contributors to our downfall and our demise. You know, we have to uh, wake up. We have to wake up. We have to begin and not just wake up. Like we say, we have to wake up clean up and stand up. But we have to, once we become, and why do we say wake up, clean up, and stand up? Because you can wake up, but if you don't get it, we say, well, I'm conscious. Hell, opening your eyes is conscious. I know people who wake up every morning and don't get out of bed. You can lay there. So you have to wake up what? Wash your face. You have to clean up, brush your teeth, get right to present yourself, then you have to stand the fuck up. And standing up means standing for something. And that thing that we stand for shouldn't be just for the immediate self-gratification, for an immediate feel-good. But it has to be standing up for something that will advance us. We look at how when we talk about these other people that are nationalists, and even when we look at the Vietnam War, other wars that are waged, that have been won, what is one of the secrets? They have been protracted struggles. What is a protracted struggle? A protracted struggle is a generational struggle. You see, it is something that becomes a part of their culture. We have to begin to teach our children and our loved ones and the people around us resistance and to teach it in such a manner that it becomes part of the culture, all the way down to the foods we eat. I'm not saying don't eat things that don't enjoy you, but shit, you know if something is killing you. You know what excessive is. Some of you Negroes act like you can't control your goddamn selves. You're going too far with it. And, Sister, my um, thing has died, so I don't know when we're getting in the time limit. So I'm going to need you to step up in here because I no longer have access to the keyboard, the switchboard. But you know what's killing yourself. You know what behavior is not advantageous to you as an African, even you brothers behind walls. You know what is and isn't. What should and shouldn't? You see what I'm saying? So we have to think progressively. And we have to think generationally. This is how they get ahead. They don't think about 
how, you know, some of you Negroes get something and you try to eat it all in one, one sitting. You're going to spend it all. You're going to enjoy it all. You don't think about your children or your children's children or any of that. And all of it, and I'm not blaming you because all of that was by design. But those in earshot of my voice, now I'm blaming you because now you know better. Somebody told you, think about your children. Stop being a big kid yourself. Think about those that precede you. Think about the future. Death is not it for you. I just went to a funeral. You think death is it for you? You become an ancestor. So what does that mean? That means that you live through your bloodline. More work. So you want to make it easier for your family so when you transcend and go to the other side or whatever, the great beyond or whatever's waiting on you, your ancestry makes it so when you come back to visit, which you will, you will be coming back and visiting through at least, but you don't want to come back and visit because the ancestors are part of your DNA. You don't think my granddaddy is in me? You don't think my granddaddy is in my nephew who came out of my sister? My ancestors are in him. And when they came back, they mad at his ass. They don't want to be in prison. You think they want to be in there with eating cookies and shit? <laughs> they didn't want to be in prison. So we have to do better. So then when we come back, we'll be in a better condition and a better place. Stop getting caught up in the temporal. And that would be my only disagreement with my dear brother, Ankh, who is a strong black atheist, and I love him for it. But I am a spiritualist on that sense that I believe that what we do in this temporal world does affect us spiritually. Like my brother Shaka said at the funeral, the fight isn't just in this world, but the fight is also in the next life. This is just a training ground. And so we're going to come back here. So let us set up a better condition so that when we come back, we're in a better, a little better place. I don't know how many minutes we have, but with that, I'm going to conclude. And I, and let Sister Seven take us out because I think she has the, the track of the time. Nope, this is wonderful. You have two minutes left, and I, I thought you did a wonderful close on that. Gave us a lot to think about. You know, I do these shows with pen and paper in hand. I've already been researching Age of Enlightenment, um, the difference between white supremacy and white power. I mean, I do my research, and Dang. I really hope that everyone just leaves some, everybody with something to think about, to read about, to, to research and everything. Don't, don't take my word for it. Do your research. Absolutely. And you said we had two minutes? Yes. Well, shoot, you know they hit my thing there. With that, we're going to leave you as we greet you. All powers to black, all powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. And, and, and who going to pray for me? Who going to pray for me? Black power, black power. Sister, can I get a little bit of it? Black power. I'm talking about my song. Uh, yeah, your song's coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cue the theme music. Bye.
fight the world, I fight you, I fight myself I fight God, tell me how many burdens left I fight pain and hurricanes, today I wept I'm trying to fight back tears, flood on my doorstep Life is living hell, puddles of blood in the street Shooters on top of the building, government aid ain't relief Earthquake, the body drop, the ground breaks The poor run with smoke lungs and scarface Who need a hero? Hero you need a hero, look in the mirror, there go your hero Who on the front lines at ground zero? Hero. My heart don't skip a beat even when hard times bumps the needle Mass destruction and mass corruption, the souls are suffering